You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my guests and I tell our most embarrassing, funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and today I have with me Sandy Nussbaum Giersick. Sandy and I met because we are fellow podcasters. She is the owner of Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services, a Disney earmarked travel agency. A woman business owner, she took her passion and made it daily life when opening the agency 16 years ago. Today, she leads a team of agents around the U.S. offering no-fee concierge planning to clients around the world. Planning for clients and personally traveling with groups of 1 to 175, she has different approaches for everyone. Sandy realizes there is no one-size-fits-all destination or such a thing as a standard vacation plan. She is a top seller of Disney travel, a true believer of the pixie dust of Disney, and she travels the world with Disney. The last five years of travel include 47 trips to Walt Disney World, 11 Disney cruises, a visit to Aulani, a visit to Disneyland Paris, seven trips to Disneyland, and seven adventures by Disney in Costa Rica, Peru, Italy, Rhine River, Southern California, and New York City. Her firsthand travel experience lets her clients benefit with amazing tips, tricks, and savings. Her personal mantra is, the greatest souvenir I ever bought was the memories I made with my family. I love that. Oh, Sandy, thank you so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to get to share some embarrassing travel moments because after all, we all have those, right? (laughs) That is for sure. Well, fill in the blanks. What did I miss about who you are and what you do? My best souvenir is the memories I make with my family. And I'm very lucky that I frequently travel with my daughter and have ever since she was just several months old. She's Mm -hmm. 25 now, but still willing to travel with mom, which is nice. Both of my parents are alive, so I get to take them to Walt Disney World, non-Disney cruises, and my siblings and my nieces and nephews. So I really get to live the dream with everybody. Oh my gosh, that is awesome. I'm envious in a way because I'm in a family that my husband does not like to travel and he, he worries when I travel. So we don't travel nearly as much as I would like to. When, when I read Disneyland Paris, I was like, oh, I want to go. I want to go. But you know what? In my future, I feel like I'm probably going to live until I'm 90 or 100. So I got plenty of time. <laughs> That's awesome. And I do tell people it's a trade off for me. I say that I travel often and I vacation never. 99% of my travel is work travel. And I am incredibly lucky that it is to amazing places like Disneyland Paris. But while I'm there, my itinerary is laid out to make sure that I see things and observe things that clients are going to want to know about. And I'm doing videos and photos and documenting. And I might see something two or three times that most people would only take the time to go to once because I need to see it from the different vantage points and be able to really give true perspective. So again, it's the best office in the world, but it's not all vacation in the same glam that it sometimes looks like on my social profiles. Yeah, I get that. I get that. It's work, but it's fun work. <laughs> it is. Okay, let's move right into your rapid fire questions. Do you have a song lyric that you got wrong that's funny? I sort of purposely, I'll claim it's purposely, the Lady Gaga Bad <laughs> Romance song. It was out when my daughter was a teen, and I did not know the words very well. 
So I just purposely sing la la's and wah wah's through the whole song over her louder <laughs> and probably about 5% of the time my lyrics actually line up with what they're supposed to be. <laughs> I love it. It's not going to stop you from singing though. <laughs> It is not. I'm a good car and shower singer. (laughs) Those are the best studios, right? That is true. What was your first live concert? Billy Joel. And my daughter's first live concert was the Cheetah Girls. And I learned years later that she had begged me for that concert and begged me for her graduation for a trip to Barcelona. And it was all because she saw a Cheetah Girls episode on TV, and that's where her love for them came from, and their episode, they traveled to Barcelona. So that apparently encouraged our travel routes. That was a very expensive half an hour that your daughter spent at home. (laughs) It certainly was. That's so cute. Okay, what is your superpower? I get to make magic for families. Mm, I love it. Have you ever met a celebrity? My favorite is John Stamos. I met John and I say to people, if you ask him about me, he calls me the crazy girl from Jersey. I actually kissed John Stamos when I was 14 years old. (gasps) You did? Oh my gosh. I did. Our high school had a trip to see Singing in the Rain in Manhattan and he was sitting in the theater and on a dare from some of my friends, I went over and asked if I could kiss him. So, you know, 30 some odd years later, it is still my claim to fame that I have kissed John Stamos. Oh my gosh. Who's your favorite John Stamos? I love John Stamos in ER. You know, I I think because of the timing of when I met him and how I first remember him, it's definitely Uncle Jesse. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You like a little earlier John Stamos. I understand. I get get behind that. (laughs) That's very phase in my mind. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Okay. What is the scariest thing you've ever done for fun? I would say it's ziplining. Oh, yeah. You know, I I was under the naive impression that ziplining was extremely safe, although very scary. But I recently saw a headline, and I didn't read it, but it was a headline about somebody with a severe ziplining injury. And I thought, oh, my gosh. I, I just, I always convince myself, like, yeah, this is scary, but surely it's totally safe because they have to have liability coverage and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And thousands of other people have done it without any problem. (laughs) That's actually, those are the kind of weird thoughts that I have a lot. Like, that's one of the reasons why I really like Disney. Because I feel like if anybody's going to have their safety game on par, it's going to be Disney, right? (laughs) It is. Yes. This episode is brought to you by Shelfie Shop. Shelfies are women's loungewear made out of luxurious, soft, cozy fabric. Every outfit has the perfect weight built-in shelf bra for some coverage without adding bulk, a little bit of support, and separation. Just because we're hanging out at home or want to be comfy doesn't mean we don't want to be cute, right? That way you can rip off the bra at the end of the day, throw on your shelfies, And should the doorbell ring or your kids bring friends home, you are covered. You look adorable. You feel wonderful. And you could even run to the store if you need to. And nobody would know that you're in public in your pajamas. Shelfies are manufactured in small, handmade, limited edition batches. Head to shelfieshop.com today to grab yours before they're all gone. That's S-H-E-L-F-I-E-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. Use the coupon code FANCYFREE. You will get free shipping no matter what you order. (laughs) 
As you know, the point of this podcast is to tell our most embarrassing, funny stories so others who, who are looking at us from the outside remember that they're not the only ones with embarrassing moments and furthermore, that it encourages transparency and bonding when we can share these moments with each other. So what do you have for us today? My story relates to travel. I'm, as I said, very lucky I get to travel often. And besides theme parks, as you alluded to in my intro, Disney has a special division called Adventures by Disney, which are small group guided tours to bucket list destinations around the world. And we took our very first adventure to Italy. And I thought, I'm not very adventurous, but it's again, it's a work thing. How hard you have to go to Italy for work. Yeah, poor thing. We went to Italy. My most adventurous thing that we did on that was sit in our gondola. I was like, I got <laughs> this. I'm good to go. And so every year we get the new brochures and my daughter loves to look through them. And she just begged for Costa Rica. We booked it 14 months in advance. And I would say that every time I kind of thought about the trip, I really wanted to cancel. I am not a fan of zip lining. I don't really do heights. Oh boy. I'm very prone to motion sickness. Oh no. And I don't like small planes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so throw that together. And I'm I'm like, why did I agree to do this trip? What was I thinking? <laughs> Thankfully, when I travel, I don't tell people that I'm a travel agent. They often find out later if they friend me on Facebook, but I'm on this trip really as a guest to experience it. Okay. But, you know, we're going to Costa Rica and I decide I'm going to kind of get myself in the right mind frame. I upgrade our seats going to Costa Rica. So we have the nice flatbed seat and I'm going to arrive relaxed and ready because I am dreading this trip. If I could figure (laughs) out a way to get out of it, I would. My daughter is much more adventurous than I am and a very good sport in keeping me calm in these things. And, you know, we land this huge wide body plane and I'm saying, yeah, why can't our plane later this week be like this? And she says, but mom, it's the same airport. You're going to be okay. How how small could the plane be? How old is your daughter at this point? She was 15 or 16 at the time. All right. I've got 15 and 17. So I'm really picturing this current day for me. Okay. (laughs) So we go to the hotel. We relax overnight. We get up in the morning and we meet our adventure crowd. They do a big breakfast for all 40 of us. And then they go around the room so that the families can get to know each other. They ask you to introduce yourself. Where are you from? Have you adventured before? And what are you looking forward to most? I try to get my daughter to do our family introduction because it's one person per family. And she won't do it. So she makes me do it. And I'm like, what am I looking forward to? Going home. <laughs> Is it wrong to say that I'm looking forward to going home? You nailed it. So I'm like, I can't say that. So I get up and I'm like, I am looking forward to when the small plane and the zip lining are done so I can enjoy the rest of the adventure because I am absolutely petrified of both of those things. Mm. And everybody kind of laughs, but they look at my face and they see I'm dead serious. <laughs> and we go from this breakfast to boarding the bus, and I can't seem to psych myself out of this fear that I have. And my daughter just keeps saying to me, you know what, Mom? How small can the plane be? There was 40 adventurers, plus our two guides, plus the pilots. We know it's got a seat, at least 42 people. It's not really that small of a plane. 
So we board our bus and we're headed to the airport and the adventure guide gets on the mic on the bus and she says, so I'm going to go over a little bit of the logistics before we get to the airport so that we use our time wisely. That'll give us more time in Tortuguera. So when we arrive to the airport, those of you in group A going out on the first plane and my daughter says my face just dropped because it's at that point that I realized the plane is even smaller than the 40 people. We've got to go on two planes. We've got the group A, the group B, but I'm going to do this. I'm really going to make this work. I mean, what choice do I have at this point? If I were you at this point, I'm actually afraid of flying, but I do it anyway because I like going places. And here I'm picturing myself like, okay, somebody give me the Valium. I've actually never given myself a Valium (laughs) on an airplane, but I have thought about it before. But if you're traveling alone with your child, you can't very well do that. Like now you could, right? Because she's an adult, but... You're like, I can't even drive myself. I'm trying to get myself into this mode. And now they're giving directions for once we board the plane and what to do when we get off the plane. And they explain, especially those of you on plane A, it's really important that as soon as the plane lands in Tortuguero, you need to grab your things and disembark immediately because the runway kind of ends in what they described as a parking lot. That is large enough to hold one plane. And if that plane doesn't take off, plane B will land and hit right into it. Oh, my gosh. You are kidding me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it work. And now, you know, plane A goes. They're gone. Now they're like, okay, group B. I'm trying, and I can't even leave the little terminal to walk out onto the tarmac where we climb the stairs into the plane. So we're, of course, last because I'm putting it off as long as I can. We get on the plane and there aren't two seats for us together. Oh no, 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 no. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to suck this up. Thankfully, I think I just stood in the aisle long enough that everybody wanted a window seat. So all the people that got on early, they divided like a family of three sat in three rows taking three windows. Mm -hmm. So thankfully, one of them was like, yeah, we better let Sandy sit with her daughter. I think the reality is nobody wanted to sit with me. They weren't as worried about me sitting with my daughter. So they move around. Who heard your family intro? They know what's going on with you. (laughs) I'm seated. I'm ready to go. And unlike all the big planes that we're all used to flying in the U.S., everyone's like, oh, look, you can see right into the cockpit and out the front window. Oh, good Lord. And we're looking into the cockpit. And all of a sudden, the pilot raises his right hand. And he is holding a piece of red construction paper. What? And I'm I'm wondering what the heck is going on. When our adventure guide explains that that is how our pilot signals the tower. And when he's ready to leave, he will hold up a piece of green construction paper. (laughs) No! Oh my gosh, you poor thing. Swear to God, we have photos that my daughter put in the photo book that says green means go. And it's the pilot holding the green paper. No way. I keep trying to like convince myself that I'm going to be okay. And the best way that I can convince myself that I'm going to be okay is we're flying to this island. The only way on or off the island is by plane or by boat. And Thankfully, we're leaving by boat. So I just have to make it through the next 45 minutes and then I can cross this off and put this behind me. 
Just get there. (laughs) So I have to say, as petrified as I was, and while I still am not jumping to board a tiny plane, I have to tell you, it was the most gorgeous flight that I have ever been on. I gathered my courage. I looked out the window. It was incredible. I'm so proud of you for looking out the window. We're getting ready to land. And they do let us know that the airstrip is very small. To our left, you will see the bungalows that we're staying in. And to the right, you will see the ocean. I'm still not sure how this pilot found that tiny little strip of land to get us down <sighs> safely. But he did. Oh I'm and all plane, plane A had already left, thankfully. <laughs> plane A had left, thankfully. We land. I'm somewhat still in a little bit of a daze. I know I'm back on solid ground, but I'm not totally calm. But we're going to make it. We spend the day in Tutuguera, which is Island of the Turtles. It is beautiful. The resort that we stayed at, well, probably the most primitive place I've ever stayed in my life. There actually were not TVs or telephones in my room. Shocking. How nice. But it was gorgeous. The frogs at night and the turtles on the beach, and we had a great time. And while I did not take Valium for the flight, I am highly prone to motion sickness. If I am not the person driving the car... I can be the passenger and drive from my house five minutes to the mall and I can get car sick. And they had warned us that while we were leaving by boat, the road is very rough. And so if you're prone to motion sickness, you probably want to take some Dramamine. So I'm going to, you know, buck up here because travel agent or not, puking traveler is never fun. I get myself (laughs) all set with Dramamine. We take the boat, we get on our motor coach, we start headed to the pineapple plantation. And I I have never driven on such a rough road in my life. And the motor coach driver is explaining to us they have no money to repair the roads. And to imagine as if this was the middle of the war zone, and there are just potholes that are three to five feet deep all over the road. And thankfully, It's a very deserted road, one lane in each direction. He's driving on both sides of the road to avoid the potholes. (laughs) And I just keep trying to count down, you know, the old psych yourself into it. I can make it another 30 minutes. I can make it another 30 minutes. And the adventure guide turns to me. She goes, yeah, I can tell you're trying to make it. You're not going to make it. They had to pull the bus over for me. I puked. I was mortified. You know, an entire bus of people on the side of the road watching you vomit, just what everybody wants. Let's Sandy out of this bus. Get get her out of here. Great. We have the problem with her on the plane now. She's puking here. And we know we haven't gotten to the part that she doesn't want to do yet. You poor thing. We have a great afternoon. We enjoy the next day. We're in Arenal where there's this phenomenal volcano and we're supposed to zip line past the volcano. And again, I'm dreading the zipline, but I'm lucky enough that through my career, I've actually met this woman who has the absolute dream job that I want. She's what we call the trip planner. She goes out for Disney to all of these destinations and scouts for these phenomenal, unique experiences. And she curates these amazing trips. Oh my gosh. I had had a lunch with her like six months before we were leaving. And, you know, it was a group of probably 20 of us. And she's telling these stories of how she curates. And she's talking about the Costa Rica trip, not knowing that I'm booked on it and dreading it. And she ends up telling the story 
of how this family got grandma to go zip lining and how much grandma enjoyed it. And I'm like, yeah, she was just trying to shame me into it. Grandma can do it. I can do it. Like Grandma can do it. You can do it. But she had said to me, when you get to the zip lining, there's two sample zips. You can try them. They're not long. They're not high off of the ground. Because once you start the zip line to the volcano, it's a series of six zip lines way, way up high. And there is no stopping. I mean, you stop at the platform, but uh-huh. you literally, there's like a ladder down the side of the platform that's like 400 stairs. It's right into the jungle. It's really not an option <laughs> yeah. oh to evacuate. <laughs> not happening. But again, keep in mind, this is a work trip for me. I'm sure. there to gauge, is this going to work for clients? Can I take photos? Can I take videos? So the one upgrade that I was paying for when we got to the zip lining is you can pay to have a camera mounted to your helmet so that as you're ziplining, it's getting video of everything you see. So they mount the camera on my helmet. And the longer I stand there, the more convinced I am. And we're still down on the ground. We haven't even gotten to where we zipline. I'm convinced I'm not going. So I'm, I'm a pretty horrible mother. I turn to my darling child and I say to her, you know what, Annie? I'm going to put the camera on your helmet just in case I don't go. But even (laughs) if I go, I'm going to be screaming bloody murder the whole time. I can't use that as a promotional video. So (laughs) you change the camera. We'll get you set. So now we've been given all our instructions. We're all harnessed. And now you have to get into these gondolas to take you to the top of the mountain. And again, we're a group of 40. We take like three gondolas. And they're trying to figure out how to put people in the gondola. You know, who's going to go first? Who's going to go last? 38 fellow adventurers all vote that Sandy should go up in the first gondola. They've (laughs) all had this discussion because when you get to the top, you know, it looks like just solid land anyplace else and you do the sample zip. So apparently they had all discussed it behind my back. They were sending me first so that if I wanted to go first, I could go first. Or they had all agreed that whenever I had gathered enough courage, it didn't matter who was next. If I had the courage, I was going to (laughs) go. All right. I could do this. I mean, the first zip is like 15 feet long, six feet off the ground. I can do this. And I'm trying to psych myself into it before we get up there. And I'm like, I'm just going to go first. How bad can it be? We get to the top and I decide there's no way I'm going first. I'm going to (laughs) watch. I watch the first person. I watch the second person. I tell my daughter she can go if she wants. She decides she'll wait with me. I watch the third person, the fourth person. Now that whole first gondola has gone. The second gondola has arrived. And I'm starting to talk to one of the dads that I had become friendly with. And I turn to him and I say, I wonder if they're still going to let us go now that it's raining. And he looks at me and I can't figure out why he's giving me this funny look, but not saying a word. And I'm like, what? He goes, sand. It's not raining. You're crying. (laughs) I'm crying so hard because I was petrified to do this, that I convinced myself that the moisture on my face was from the rain. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and again, I still haven't done the test zip, and now 
now I'm bawling. That's a crisis when you're crying and you're so, you're so distraught that you think it's raining. Think it's raining. <laughs> I still haven't done the little zip that the six year old and the seven year olds have already done. We're down to the last person, and they're like, you don't have to go. You can just take the gondola down. I'm like, I can't do that. I'm never coming back. How do I come all the way to Costa Rica and not do this? So my daughter's like, all right, you want me to go first, or you want to go first? I'm like, you go first. So she does that first test zip. I go after her. Now we're on the platform, and we're looking ahead, and I'm so bad with distance. I think the next platform has got to be a quarter of a mile away, you're going over a canyon. I can't even figure out how I'm going to gather my courage. So being the horrible mother with the daughter who knows that she gets to travel a lot because she's also my tester, I say to her, you know what, honey, you go. I'll be right behind you. (laughs) We strap her in, we push her out. And I say, okay, I'll take the gondola down now. I send her ahead. I go back down the mountain in the gondola. I'm waiting for her at the end. (laughs) She says, you know, I stood on the first platform for a couple of minutes thinking you were coming. Then I was worried for a minute that you hadn't made it across yet. And then I decided I should just go. And by the third zip, I said, holy Hannah, I pray that mom is not behind me because she'll never make it to the end. So my choice, I have some great video of the day. Annie is an excellent sport. We make it. I'm past all the parts that I really fear. I think this trip is going to be good now because the next day is really more my speed. We're going to the hot springs. I can sit in the hot springs and enjoy. This is right up my alley. And I'll back up to also say that I'm a little accident prone. I've sprained my ankle probably 20 times in my life. I've cracked my my tibia. I've cracked my fibia. I travel with different ankle braces. I'm like the ankle (laughs) queen. So we get to the hot springs and we're sitting in the spring. And one of the other moms is walking towards us. And I turn to my daughter and I say to her, do you know what happened to Rakesh? Maybe I should ask her what happened to her ankle because she's wearing a brace just like one of the ones that I wear. And so why not share medical ailments? (laughs) And Annie says to me, that's really funny, mom. I said, I don't think it's funny. I mean, the way that I've blown out my ankles, it hurts. She goes, you know what happened to Ray Cash? I said, Annie, five days ago, I didn't know this woman. I have no idea what happened to her. She said the entire 40-minute plane ride getting to Tutagero, she explained how she fell, the doctor she saw, and all the work on her ankle. You talked about her ankle for 40 minutes, and I have zero recollection of it. It was on that plane ride that I was so afraid of. So this woman now walks up and hears us talking that I have no idea, and she's like looking at me. I'm like, I told you all I was terrified, but I guess I was really more worried than I thought. So- It was an amazing trip. We loved it. My daughter has coined the phrase, if we don't think we will die at least once, then it's not vacation. Oh, Um, boy. (laughs) Because we ziplined. We did whitewater rafting that trip as well, which was heavy rapids, but we had a ball for some reason. I love rafting. I can do that every day. I can't do these other things. It was kind of this trip of 
minor mortifications all the way through. And then at the end, they all start friending me on Facebook. And they're like, you're a travel agent and you don't want to get on a plane. I'm like, no, it's not that I don't want to get on a plane. I get on a plane all the time. It just has to have a heck of a lot more seats. And I'm telling you now, I'm not getting on another plane where they hold up construction paper to signal the cockpit. There are plenty of places to go in this world that do not involve construction paper signals. So it, it was it was an interesting trip. Oh. I, I will say that I can certainly laugh about it now. It was not as laughable in the middle of it. I've lived to tell about it, obviously, and share oh my, my mortification it. with clients as they're planning that same trip so that they know what to expect in terms of level of adventure. <laughs> they know what they're getting into. And I always give everybody a laugh with my story. What a sport you are. I'm so impressed. Thank you. Do you happen to have a dream destination to which you have not yet traveled? I have so many. And actually, one of my top dream destinations, as long as the world cooperates, I am booked for next September. I am doing a Danube River cruise with an add-on in Budapest at the end. Oh, how amazing. Wow. Okay, I'm going to have to start following all of your stuff so I can vicariously travel through you. That's awesome. I am super excited for that. Oh my gosh, that's great. Okay, tell me a little bit about the volunteer work that you do. I'm always about community and giving back. And originally, you know, when you're that 16, 17-year-old deciding where you want to go to college and what you want to do, I wanted to work with children and I wanted to do child advocacy law. And I had this phenomenal opportunity as a 17-year-old to intern at a law firm in child advocacy. And I felt I was good at it. I felt I made a difference. But I also felt that it was so heartbreaking that if I did it for the rest of my life, you would probably find me crawled up in a ball somewhere most evenings. And I just kept finding other volunteer things. When my daughter was in school, I was a PTA president and a scout leader and the library mom. I've always loved being with children. I've done some volunteer teaching work and I've always been around kids. And when my daughter was getting ready to graduate college and I thought, all right, I'm going to have nobody left anymore. I went back in that advocacy route to kind of come full circle. And there's something called CASA, Court Appointed Special Advocates. And we are highly trained volunteer advocates for children that are removed from their home by the state. And they are actually in all of the states in the U.S. It's not unique to New Jersey where I am. And it is the most heartwarming and heartbreaking thing I have ever done. I have gained so much from these children in understanding resilience and positivity. I meet with the kids once a month. I meet with their teachers at school, sometimes their doctors, their therapists, their foster families. And then I prepare reports to the court and give recommendations for things I think we can do to help enhance this child and how on target they are for reunification with their parents. Wow. Tell me a little bit about the training that's involved. So our training was about 60 hours to begin with. It was a four or five page application. We had to get three letters of recommendation from different people in our lives and in the community that know us as a person and how we work with children. And then we went to an interview that was by far the most exhausting thing I have ever been to in my life. Every question you never want to think about came up. 
You know, Mm -hmm. have you ever dealt with domestic violence? Have you seen somebody in domestic violence? How do you deal with it? How would you feel about dealing with a child who's of one religious belief placed in another house? And what would you do? They gave you all these scenarios. And I came out of there after about two and a half hours, totally ready for a nap. And so if you survive that process, then you're invited to the training, which went on for six weeks in person, two and a half hours a night. And then we had homework and videos and things to do every week. And then on top of that, right near the end, before we were sworn in, we went and spent three hours in court. And so we got to sit in on other cases to hear how the court works. And we were able to, in between cases, ask our supervisor questions. Because it's children, while there's obviously laws that govern all of it, So many cases are so unique because it's all about the people and how to meet their needs and the circumstance that they're coming out of. We're required to do additional training every year. And I would say that I call for guidance and training pretty regularly. And I seem to have, you know, just the way my luck goes, one of my cases is so unique that I will sometimes call the state. There's two different people from the state that represent the child as well as my supervisor. And I'll call all three of them and go, well, how about this? And do you think this, this, and this? And they're like, we've never had that before. So Mm. there's always new things to learn and figure out. It has touched my heart in a way I never could have imagined. And it will stay with me as will these children forever. Wow. That has been sort of in the back of my mind since a girlfriend from the last city where I lived who was in my book club was a CASA advocate. And she spoke so highly of it as well. It was obvious that it had impacted her life so significantly. But when I knew her, I had young children. Mm -hmm. And my kids are just a few years away from leaving for college now. I just might be contacting you in the future about this. Tell me where the listeners can find you in all your places online. You bet. So I do a weekly podcast. It's all about planning your Disney vacation in 20 minutes or less a week. And it's called Let's Talk Diz. So you can find it on your favorite podcast player. And we're on Facebook and Instagram as Let's Talk Diz Podcast. And then our agency is EZDISEZ.com because we make your Disney vacation planning easy. And you can always give us a call. 877-EZ-DIZ-EASY, which is 877-393-4739. Amazing. Okay. I will make sure to link to all of that in the show notes. Oh my gosh. Sandy, thank you so much for being with me today. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me along to retell the story that gets a little less embarrassing every time I tell it. (laughs) Oh, good. That is so awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Oh my gosh, you guys, isn't Sandy a hoot? Thank you so much for listening to the Fancy Free Podcast this week. Make sure to check out the show notes for today's episode at fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 92 so that you can check out all the links we discussed. Next week on the show, we have Shondell Mon, who has a really funny, embarrassing story about a cultural misunderstanding that had to do with food in Bath, England. If you have a story to tell, be brave. Go to FancyFreePodcast.com, click the red button, record me a voice memo, I'll clean it all up, and then you can be on the show in our listener stories segment. It'd be so much fun. I love those. 
If you want more connection, laughter, and sharing, join the Fancy Free Facebook group. It's our private little slice of the internet. And the question of the week this week is, what is the furthest you've ever traveled from home? I would love it if you'd follow Fancy Free Podcast on Instagram and tell at least one friend about the show. Make sure you check out shelfyshop.com. That's S-H-E-L-F-I-E-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. And use the coupon code Fancy Free for free shipping on what will become your favorite loungewear for the bra-free zone and for incognito pajama wearing out in public. I promise you'll be hooked. Have a wonderful week. And remember, no one is as fancy as they look.